This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Welcome to Radio Church this Sunday. Radio Church is brought to you week by week by the Inner City Churches of Dunedin. I'm Anne Thompson, and I'm leading this service on behalf of First Church of Otago. As we begin our worship, let us pray. O God, from whom every gift derives, we join together to worship you this day. You are an awesome God, greater than our comprehension or our imagination. You're beyond any word we could ever use to describe you. And yet, through Jesus, we know the intimacy of your vast love. We've come to, to you in pray, praise and thanksgiving, knowing that you are God, placing our lives anew in your presence. Enlarge our vision this hour through your word. Instill in us again your hope in place of our despair, your peace where our hatred threatens your joy amidst our depression, your love overwhelming our apathy. May your Holy Spirit surround and indwell each of us now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we begin our worship, let's listen to a great hymn of praise. Praise my soul, the King of heaven. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to thee speak thy tribute bring, ransom he'll be stored forgiven, who like me his praise should sing. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise thee. reading today comes from the first letter to the Ephesians. In the Greek, it's one long sentence, all the way from blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, right through to the end of verse 14, to the praise of his glory. This is one great long exuberant shout of a sentence, picking up reason after reason for why we would want to bless and thank God, why we would want to praise God's glory. A friend said to me once, they could just imagine Paul in prison pacing up and down the room, getting more and more excited about all the ways in which God had blessed God's people. 
and the scribe, the secretary who was writing it all down, going faster and faster, trying to keep up with this torrent of words until finally Paul paused for breath. And it was only a pause because the rest of the chapter, which we won't read, a further nine verses is another long sentence. But listen now to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and insight he's made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Amen. Do you like a good story? Most people do. A good story provides the context, the big picture, within which we can make sense of the individual incidents within the story. The big picture gives meaning to the small things along the way. Imagine this. You're standing in a line at the bus stop, and the person next to you turns to you and says, The name of the common wild duck is Histronicus Histronicus Histronicus. What the person says makes sense as a sentence, but what does it mean? Its meaning depends on the story that it's part of. Maybe the person mistakes you for someone they'd been talking to earlier in the day who'd asked them what was the Latin name for the common wild duck. Or maybe the person is painfully shy but has just come from a session with a psychotherapist who told him he should practice talking to strangers and when the person asked, but what will I say? The psychotherapist said, oh, it doesn't matter anything at all, just say it. Or maybe this person is actually a spy waiting to meet their contact and the identifying password is the name of the common wild duck is Histronicus. The meaning of the sentence depends on what story it is part of. And in fact, it means something different in each story. Within the Bible, we have lots of stories, long ones and short ones, some told as poetry, some as history, some as visions. But there is a big story running through the Bible, 
within which each of the other stories and all the other writing as well makes sense. If we don't keep an eye on the big story, we can be very confused about what some of what we read means. The big story is the story of God's love for the world God created. God's love working through Israel and through Jesus and through the church to bring about salvation, wholeness, the fulfillment of God's promises for the whole creation. Jesus is at the centre of the story. He's the one in whom God revealed most completely God's love for the world and God's purpose for the world. In Jesus' story, we can see most clearly the meaning of God's story. But the story begins with Israel, the people chosen by God to be a blessing for the world that had gone astray. Through Israel, God would save the world. Israel's story is about call and slavery and salvation, the way that led to the land that God had promised. In Jesus, we see that earlier story being repeated and perfected and fulfilled. Jesus is called and chosen. At his baptism, the voice says, You are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. And Jesus offered to all who were slaves to sin and evil, deliverance and redemption through his life and his death, providing the way to salvation. And when God raised Jesus from the dead, the fulfillment of God's purposes for all things was made real and concrete and possible. That's what Paul is getting so excited about as he writes to the Ephesians. He wants them to know that they are part of this big picture, the story of God's love bringing salvation to the world. Just as God chose Israel, so God has chosen us in Christ chosen us before the foundation of the world, destined us to be brought into God's family, to become God's people through adoption. Israel knew at its best moments that its calling by God was a matter of sheer grace, of God's extravagant, unmerited favour. So we can only praise the glorious grace of God that we have been brought into God's people, destined to be part of God's purposes, part of the fulfilment of God's promise made long, long ago. And Paul goes on to use the story of the Exodus, of Israel's deliverance from Egypt through the Passover, to remind his readers that they too have been saved, have been set free. Remember how on the night of the first Passover, the Israelites sprinkled the blood of a lamb on their doorsteps, so that the angel of death would pass over the homes of the Israelites, and they were saved from death. In verse 7 we read, In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. We too have been in bondage, needing liberation, needing salvation, needing redemption, and in Christ God has accomplished that for us. That is the grace which God has lavished on us, not because of anything we've done, but because this was God's plan and God's purpose and God's good pleasure. Such amazing grace. But that was not the end of Israel's story. God's purpose in bringing them out of Egypt was to bring them into the land that God had promised them, where they could live as God's people and be a blessing to all the world. 
After the Passover, they were brought safely through the waters of the Red Sea, and then they wandered for 40 years towards the land of promise, which was their inheritance. And Paul speaks of that inheritance that we in the church have received in Christ, reminding us that we are still on the move, still a work in progress, still journeying towards the fulfilment of God's promises and purposes. The Spirit's presence in our lives is the down payment, the promise of that inheritance. But the Spirit is more than just a promise. The Spirit is the powerful, personal presence of God with us, leading us and guiding us, just as the, the pillar of fire and of cloud was the assurance of God's presence with the people of Israel leading and guiding them throughout their desert wanderings. And the Spirit's presence with us is transforming us into the people God intended us to be, God's redeemed people. At the centre of all of this is Christ. This great outpouring of praise and worship at the beginning of Paul's letter is centred on Christ. All that God has done, all that God is doing, all that God is planning to do until the end of time, all of this is summed up in Christ. And when we are in Christ, we're caught up in and included in this big, big story, nothing less than God gathering up all things in heaven and on earth in Christ. This is a cosmic plan because it involves the whole cosmos, the whole of creation, the heavens and the earth. Nothing is outside the scope of God's plan and purpose. Nothing is overlooked or omitted from God's good pleasure. We are living within this big picture story of God. God has called us and chosen us and set us free. God has put his seal of ownership on us through the Holy Spirit. That's what was happening in our baptism. No matter what happens to us, we belong to God. We are loved by God. And within that love, within that choosing, we've been redeemed. We have been forgiven according to the riches of God's grace lavished on us. And so we can live as forgiven people, extending that grace, that forgiveness to others. John Newton knew about God's amazing grace. Once involved in enslaving others, he was found and freed by the grace of God made known to him in Jesus Christ. And out of that experience, he wrote the well-loved hymn, Amazing Grace. Let's listen to it now.
We have so much to thank God for. So let's do that now in prayer. Let us pray. God of all blessings, source of life and giver of all grace, we thank you for the gift of life, for the breath that sustains life, for the food of this earth that nourishes life, for the love of family and friends without which there would be no life. We thank you for the mystery of creation, for the beauty that the eye can see, for the joy that the ear can hear, for the unknown that we cannot behold, filling the universe with wonder, for the expanse of space that draws us beyond the definitions of ourselves. We thank you for setting us in communities, for families who nurture our becoming, for friends who love us by choice, for companions at work and in our lives who share our burdens and daily tasks, for strangers who welcome us into their midst, for people from other lands who call us to grow in understanding, for children who lighten our moments with delight, for the unborn who offer us hope for the future. We thank you for this day, for life and one more day to love, for opportunity and one more day to work for justice and peace, for neighbours and one more person to love and by whom to be loved, for your grace and one more experience of your presence and for your promise to be with us, to be our God, to give us salvation. For these and for all your blessings, we give you thanks, eternal loving God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we come to the end of our time of worship, we'll listen to a hymn of thankfulness. Now thank we all our God. Now thank we all our Oh, my God. 
Now it's time, time to go and share God's secret purpose that has been disclosed in Jesus Christ. Share that secret with others by the way you live, with the words on your lips, by the deeds of your hands, with the prayers in your minds, and through the love in your hearts. The grace of Christ redeem you. The enduring love of God support you. The friendship of the Holy Spirit accompany you this day and forevermore. Amen. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.